Welcome in, everybody. Woo, boy. Holy shit. Wow. What a game that was. But hey, you know what? At the end of the day, Kansas City pulled it off. Yes. You know what? Let's do it one more time. Yeah, never enough air horns. Never enough air horns. Uh, and by the way, big ups to Patrick Mahomes, the fastest quarterback in NFL history to defeat all 31 NFL teams, the fastest player to do it in seven seasons. And this includes his rookie season where he only played one game. So for him to be the fastest player in NFL history to do it and to not play, essentially not play his rookie season, it's pretty damn impressive. Tom Brady did it in eight seasons. Patrick Mahomes did it in seven. So a uh, big congratulations to Patrick Mahomes, man. Uh, what a what what a game. Uh, a lot of drama, a lot of ups and downs. I said this earlier in the week, guys. I said this was going to be a one-score game, and I also said this is going to come down to the team that makes the fewest mistakes. Boy, the Vikings made some big mistakes. The biggest mistake. Kevin O'Connell's time management in this one. Uh, you're you're wasting all those timeouts. A horrible challenge uh, in, in the second half on that Kelsey catch right there. So, you know, you want to waste all your timeouts and not have any with the game on the line? Have at it, man. Uh, I mean, you've seen some teams lose games because they did not have the timeouts late in the game all all three or almost all of them were uh were spent on something stupid uh listen you can challenge a lot of things in football uh you know if um if a first down is given on a first down play well it's going to be first and 10 or second and one i remember belichick challenged something like that once against the chiefs lost i, I mean lost the timeout and didn't get the didn't have the timeouts he needed to try to beat the Chiefs. That was in 2019. Uh, so you know you do those kinds of things, it's gonna come back to bite you. Uh, if you guys want to call into the show, uh, there is the link I just commented. Uh, let's uh, try that one more time there. Let's see if we can uh, make that link work. Hopefully that uh, that is a clickable link. Uh, go ahead. Give me a call. If you guys want to talk about this game, give me your thoughts on it. Uh, let me know. Oh, uh, the Jets just beat the Broncos. Oh, how sad. So sorry to hear that. Uh, I'm so heartbroken, as you can tell. Uh, boy, what a day. Uh, been a crazy day of football for the Chiefs. Obviously, the biggest story at, the, at halftime was the Travis Kelsey situation. The way he was... Walking off the field, first of all, the way he slipped and then coming off the field, throwing his helmet, taking off his gloves. And a lot of people were speculating this could be a this could be a serious injury. He comes back in the second half, jogging to the sidelines and it was pretty much begging the Chiefs coaching staff to get him on the field. 
in the uh, to start the second half. By the way, that second half to open up the uh, to open up the half, Chiefs got the ball first, marched down the field to the end zone without Kelsey. So for all the people that like to say, "Well, Mahomes isn't shit without Kelsey," Mahomes opened up the second half with a touchdown without him, and with Patrick Mahomes banged up, Kelsey banged up, the Chiefs go down the field and they get a touchdown later in the game. Uh, great game for the Chiefs. I love how this went. I said 28-24 Kansas City. I thought this was going to be a close game. Uh, ended up being a one-possession game. So I love what I saw from this team. Uh, the defense, boy, they had a they had a rough go at it. This was probably their toughest game to date. Um, maybe you could argue their worst game to date. That one drive where they got uh, penalized five times. And guess what? On that penalty, they only allowed a field goal. So for this Chiefs defense to grind through the way they have and to not give up, even when things seem tough, I think that's the most telling thing about this football team in this game. Yeah, the Vikings are one and three, now one and four, but this is no, this is no uh, layup team. Uh, listen, every single Vikings game this year has been a one possession game. Yeah, Jim's mentioning uh, Legarius Sneed. Uh, on uh, on that uh, call uh, late, uh, well, no call rather. First of all, that was the right call. I know all the Chiefs haters. Come on, bring it. We know you're gonna cry about the officiating. Oh, the officiating came through for the Chiefs again. Did you not see that fourth down uh, call where, um, or no call rather, where the Jets held on the fake punt and got a first down? Yeah, let's talk about that. Oh, that doesn't fit your narrative of the Chiefs. Uh, getting away with things. Yeah, that's what I thought. We don't want to have that discussion. People aren't ready for that discussion. People just don't want to talk about the Chiefs winning games. They hate it, and I love it. Um, let's see here. Uh, boy, a lot of people went online and started jumping to conclusions with that Kelsey injury. I love how everybody turns into like a doctor whenever they see an injury for like a big-name player. And then when... Um, when uh, the player, when, when like the, whatever they expect to not happen, uh, it, it, it's just funny. Uh, let me see. I'm trying to see if we can get the presser. Uh, I don't know if they're going to be doing that live or what. Uh, boy, whew. I love it, man. Um, this to me probably was the uh, biggest game of the year for the Chiefs. Listen, this Chiefs team dropped uh, the first game of the year by one point. And I know a lot of people talk about Kelsey and Jones not playing that night, but that was not you, the Chiefs did not lose that game because they were missing those two key pieces there. They lost because they hurt themselves in that game. And what have they done since then? Nothing but win. Have they been pretty? Hell no, they haven't. But guess what? The Chiefs had five ugly wins last year in the regular season. And a lot of people looked at those ugly wins and said, hey, this is going to come back to bite the Chiefs in the playoffs. Well, who won the Super Bowl? The team that had five ugly uh, ugly wins. I almost had ugly losses. Uh, every loss is ugly. Uh, the team that had five ugly wins last year, the Kansas City Chiefs. So cry all you want about how the defense bailing the Chiefs out, uh, Mahomes out, or the referees, this and that. I'm going to cry to a wall about it. Get over it. The Chiefs are winning games and people just don't like it. Uh, embrace it. I, I, I love it. This by far, to me, was the most defining win of the season. I think the Vikings have been the toughest team to date the Chiefs have played.
I know the Jets. That was the the Jets was the one where the Chiefs had to. The, the, the Chiefs just got got themselves into trouble in that one. This is one where they had to overcome some obstacles. They had a drive without Kelsey, marching down the field, got a touchdown, and they came through big in the second half. And they got a little bit of help because of Kevin O'Connell's poor clock management. Um, but, man, I love what I saw in this game from the Chiefs. This was a good team win. Offense wasn't perfect, but they stepped it up and got going. I but Let me just say something about Isaiah Pacheco, okay? Isaiah freaking Pacheco. This guy is so fun to watch. Even when he gets just two or three yards. <laughs> um, the way he runs, it almost looks like he's high-stepping when he's really not. That's just the way he runs. Um, but man, this guy runs with energy, with toughness. Really reminds me a lot of Jamal Charles minus the high-stepping. Um, this guy is so much fun to watch. And I kept telling you guys all last summer, watch out for Isaiah Pacheco. He's going to be a special player. And we saw his rookie season, how important he was to this offense. And now with a year under his belt, the chiefs are trusting him a lot more and they're using him a lot more in football games. And that's great to see. This is what three games in a row. Now Isaiah Pacheco scored a touchdown. That's great to see. Uh, 16 carries in this one for 56 yards, not the b best yard per carry average, but man, when he needed to come through for the chiefs, uh, he definitely, uh, helped them, uh, move the chains when needed. Um, Jarek McKinnon, uh, got involved a little bit, not too much. Uh, Jarek McKinnon and Clyde Edwards, Alaire, they both had four carries combined in the first half, none in the second half, which I thought was interesting. Uh, but I will say one thing I found interesting the Chiefs went to Justin Ross a little bit more. Uh, he did have a couple of drops, and I think that is something that we need to get into. The the, the drops are a little concerning to me because it's not just Kadarius Tony from the Week One game. Um, you know, we, we've seen uh, we've seen a couple other players drop some passes. Uh, who who had that? Oh, uh, Rasheed Rice. Uh, he had a couple drops in the uh, I think it was a Chicago Bears game. And now we're seeing Justin Ross, and he was guilty of a couple of drops here. Uh, I don't know if this is on coaching. And I mentioned earlier today, the Chiefs have had a lot of shifting around with their coaching staff. A lot of people in different places um, this year compared to last year. So I don't know if that's part of it, but that's something that needs to be looked into. Other, but, you know, from the little we saw from Justin Ross, I, I liked it. Uh, but, man, you got to hold on to the football. That is very important in this game. Pacheco carries the defense on his back for a few more yards almost every play. Yeah, he does. And again, this is the thing, like, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. When you think about Isaiah Pacheco, he's fast, he's good, he's quick, um, but the first characteristic, the first trait that comes to mind when you think of Isaiah Pacheco is his toughness. That's the first thing that comes to mind. Um, that's not to say the other running backs, uh, guys like Kareem Hunt, Priest Holmes, Larry Johnson, Jamal Charles, uh, Christian Okoye, Marcus Allen. It's not to say those guys were not tough, but that's not the first thing you thought of when you thought of any of those running backs I just named. Isaiah Pacheco brings something very different to the table that those previous running backs didn't. And I think that's why he's so fun to watch. The things he does on the field and... 
Uh, I'm glad he's on our team. This guy almost went undrafted. And by the way, I forgot to mention earlier uh, when talking about uh, the way Pacheco played last year as a rookie. If you watched a lot of those games uh, on CBS, Fox, NBC, whatever uh, broadcast the game was on, uh, the announcers just kept saying so many times throughout the year, how did this guy go to the seventh round? The, the better question is, how did this guy almost go undrafted? Because I think it was like seven or eight picks away from going uh, undrafted. And if you if you have those redo mock drafts, which the media loves to do, this guy's got to be at least in the first two rounds. Uh, maybe not in the first round, because I know a lot of people feel like running backs shouldn't go that early. Um, but... Uh, at least in the second round. Hold on. I'm watching a clip real quickly. Apparently, Sean Payton gave Russell Wilson an earful on the sideline. Uh, I'm trying to, I'm waiting for the uh, clip of that. There's the fumble. That definitely helped the Jets. Nice little parlay day, by the way. Hopefully, you guys all had fun in that. Um,. Lasso says no one can create separation. Yeah, that's that's a valid point. So we were talking about that. I don't know. If, I don't know if it was your comment, Lasso, or someone else, but somebody was mentioning how um, this is a team that right now uh, does not. Oh, there's the clip of. Oh, geez, man, he is lashing out at Russell. Russell Wilson's just walking away. Just just takes off his helmet and walks away. Hey, Broncos country, let's ride. Yeah. Boy, uh, that is just not going the way everyone thought it would go uh, with um, trying to get this light back on. Uh, with everything they've dealt with, um, a new quarterback, a new co- nothing's working. Nothing is working. Um, let me get out of this comment here. He's not KT. Will all uh, will always be our most valuable receiver. I've been hard on him the past three weeks, but his it factor is too big to not use him. Yeah, I, listen, I think Kadarius Tony, that first game right there was such a, and he's still dealing with that stigma of failing in New York because he didn't live up to expectations, and so whenever you know Giants fans trolled him in Week One, he returned the favor uh, after that Sunday night embarrassment against the Cowboys. Um, so I think he's still dealing with that too. Like he didn't pan out the way people thought he would in New York. He uh, had that really tough showing in week one. And I think he's trying to put all of that behind him. Ross isn't to blame. It's the little of play he's had. He has received. I don't know, Eric. I don't know if that plays a role in drops. Uh, Cause you go through a lot of repetitions in practice, but um I mean, so, so, uh, something's got to, you got to figure out something with that um, because it's, it's not just one guy. It, it happened to KT. It happened. It's happened to Rasheed Rice. It's now happening to Justin Ross. What's going on with our receivers where there are a lot of drops going around? Um, <laughs> Hackett had a grin from ear to ear. Oh man. I completely forgot about that. Uh, was that even brought up in that? I mean, you guys were all probably watching the Chiefs game, so who knows? But boy, um, Sean Payton opened his mouth and talked a lot of shit. Now he's eating a lot of shit. This is what happens when you run your mouth, man. Like, look at the Bengals, the whole Burrowhead thing that they had going on leading to the AFC championship game. They're what, two and four since then? Yeah. 
That's what happens when you run your mouth. Justin Watson, Rasheed Rice, and Justin Ross should be starting receivers. I mean, Justin Watson's not a guy a lot of people were looking forward to seeing this year, but he's the most productive receiver to date. He just doesn't have a touchdown. That's the only problem. Um, I'm not opposed to this, Dwayne. Um, One way to fix the drops is to get more plays directed. your. Okay, see, this is what um, somebody else was saying earlier. So I, I guess I'm in the minority on this one. Um, you can't get better not touching the ball. Mahomes and Rice need to keep working. I see it getting better with reps. Okay. I I don't know. I I mean, in-game reps, sure, that's one thing, but practice reps, man, you go through a lot of those things. Um, So I think that's the thing that throws me off the most. Pacheco is our clear number one. He runs angry. The receivers will come around. I hope so. And I think, you know, I know this is not Andy Reid's MO, but I got a question for you guys. So just a simple yes or no answer here. Do you guys feel like the Chiefs are running the ball more this year? And I I have not looked up the stats yet, and I know they'll update it later on today or early tomorrow, but it just feels like, you know, and I don't know if there's a way to track the first five games uh, unless you go uh, game by game, but it just feels like at the end of the day, uh, the Chiefs are running the ball more. like there have been times where the chiefs have ran a lot in certain games, but that's like a rare, a rarity. Um, It just feels like this season as a whole after that week one loss, it just feels like the chiefs are running more uh, than they have in, in years past. That's just, that's just how I feel. Games are different than practice, though. Playing ball when you're not getting time, uh, those jitters come. But yeah, I, I can, I can see that side of it. Um, we have ran the ball more already yesterday, but that's because that's the looks defenses have given us. Uh, any thoughts on why the Chiefs? Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> keep giving Clyde Edwards-Alaire so many reps. I wonder if they are just giving Pacheco a break. Yeah, I think that could be part of it because um, a lot of people were confused. Like, why Why was Pacheco le- – uh, why did Pacheco not get more uh, – more carries after that first drive. He had three on that first drive where the Chiefs got a touchdown. And then after that, he only had two the rest of the half. So a lot of people were questioning that at halftime. And I think, you know, Andy Reid and the coaching staff, they kind of realized that too and thought, okay, we got we to gotta run more. And obviously Pacheco had far more touches in the second half than he did in the first half. Uh, a lot of you guys, a lot of you guys agree that the Chiefs are, it feels like they're running the ball more. Yeah, I knew what you meant, Ryan. Don't worry about it. Um, yeah, I don't think Clyde Edwards-Alaire is like horrible or anything. The guy's just not a number one running back quality type of player. He's just not. Um, but a lot of you guys agree that the Chiefs are running more uh, now than they have in past years. Let me see if um, if Andy Reid said anything. Obviously, the headlines this week, because the Chiefs are on a very short week, um, how are they going to monitor all the things with uh, Kelsey and Mahomes? He limped around a little bit at one point, uh, did not look good, uh, but ultimately the Chiefs found a way to win. Uh, people hate it, man. People hate seeing the Chiefs win the way they do. Uh, one call, you know, controversial call there, and people are up in arms about it, but, you know, when the Chiefs get penalized five times, their defense gets penalized five times in one drive, they don't want to talk about it. The misholding call on the fake punt, no one wants to talk about it. So, 
It's funny, man. It is funny. Um, okay, see a lot. Eric's out saying turf needs to go after this game. I, I don't know. Uh, I, I said this um, at halftime when the injury to Kelsey happened. I said I knew a lot of people were going to have thoughts on this. I really don't, but I don't know. Uh, already, I'm hearing people say Vikings versus refs. Yeah, I know. That's what they're going to do. Uh, I don't know why that is. Kirk Cousins sold. Uh, see, Blake's next question. Thoughts on the no call. I thought it was the right call there. Um, you're going in there. And listen, they talked about it. They conferred and they got it right. Um, first of all, it was out of reach. And on top of that, it was also a tip pass. And you even saw Mahomes. Mahomes is pretty good about seeing those kinds of things. It's not like Tyron Matthew, who anytime he saw a flag, he would just point in the other team's direction, even though that was not the case. Um, oh, okay. Andy Reid regarding the flag on Legereus need being waved off. I thought it was a good call. <laughs> Andy Reid thought it was a good call. Yes. Oh, boy. That is going to piss off a lot of haters. I'm, I'm here for it. I think it's awesome. Uh, grass is just as bad. Look at the Bears field. Okay, I'll be honest. I, I'm not familiar with the Bears field, so I would have to, um, I would have to check on that. I'm a Chiefs fan, but the helmet coming off. Uh, yeah, I agree with this, Blake. Um, I, and I think, listen, I, I, I think he, you know, it was one of those things like he wasn't taking it off to celebrate. I think he was taking it off just to like, you know, go over to talk to the rest. And the ref even was like, put your helmet back on. <laughs> and he immediately put it back on. Um, I think they realized it was not done, you know, as a way to like celebrate or anything or tossing his helmet in frustration. He just took it off, you know, in a calm manner and approached the referees to discuss the penalty. Um, I think that's uh, usually referees will let those things slide. I've seen that happen before. So that's not the first time um, that has happened. Uh, I can already hear the talk. The chiefs get late. Oh yeah, of course. Of course. That's, that's all. Okay. I don't understand these whole like late call things. Um, by the way, you know, last week, what was the narrative? Let them play this week. It's, Oh, that should have been called. <laughs> make it make sense. Make it make sense. Would you like to see more Kadarius Tony if he's healthy? Oh, of course, Garrison. Yeah. Um, and, and listen, it's not just him. The wide receivers as a whole have not. It, it's been a it, it's just been bad. From a fan perspective, penalties suck, so when officials fuck up, it's part of the game. Well, yeah. Uh, there you go, Bob. Uh, I, I don't disagree. Again, the Chiefs had that drive where they had five penalties. Did the Vikings take advantage of that? No. They didn't capitalize and get a touch. Jason Kelsey said this on his podcast this week. You know, when things like that happen, you need to capitalize. The Vikings didn't. They settled for a field goal. Don't blame the Chiefs for that one. You know, don't blame the refs. That That's on you. That's a you problem. Uh, I agree, Robert. I am loving this Chiefs defense. This is by far the best defense Patrick Mahomes has had. And for all the talk, oh, the defense bailed Mahomes out again. So fucking what? Do you know how many times Patrick Mahomes has saved the defense in years past? His first year starting. The Chiefs defense was ranked 31st, second worst in the NFL. 
So all those years where the Chiefs had to come through, uh, Mahomes came through for the defense, now the other way around, it's suddenly a bad thing? Come on. People are just mad that the Chiefs uh, won a game. That's it. That's all it is. Uh, yeah, Bob, this is interesting because Tony Romo and Jim Nance, they were raving over our defensive backs. Um, <laughs> and I'm laughing because last year when I was talking about the team going into the 2022 season, what was my number one concern? The defensive backs, especially the cornerbacks. There were a lot of rookies there. Uh, Trent McDuffie, Josh Williams, Jalen Watson, so many, uh, Nazi Johnson, who unfortunately uh, missed the entire season this year due to an injury. But my biggest concern was how in the hell is this unit going to survive? And they handled their own pretty damn well for a unit that was full of rookies. Uh, Legereus Need was the only veteran. Uh, well, Rashad Fenton was on the team too, but he got traded to Atlanta at some point. So... For the Chiefs cornerbacks to really hold their own as rookies, and now with that year of experience under their belt, man, um, they look really good. And as a matter of fact, if you guys look back at the AFC Championship game against the Bengals, uh, again, we all know Bengals fans love to cry about the officiating in that one, but what they don't want to admit was Joe Burrow threw two terrible throws to rookies in that game. One to Jalen Watson, who did a great job adjusting and turning around and making that grab right there. And the other one was to Josh Williams, which if you recall that one, Byron Cook tipped that pass. So a rookie tipping the pass to his rookie teammate right there. Two rookies getting the job done there. The cornerbacks the, the have just been great. They really have been. And uh, to hear Romo and, and Nance kind of praised them was pretty cool. I know people have their opinions about broadcasters and whatnot, but it was nice to hear, you know, the the top broadcast crew on CBS give uh, give those uh, defensive backs their flowers here. Um, let me see if there are any other quotes from Andy Reid. Uh, but, but yeah, the, the luxurious neat thing, it's very likely he gets fined on Saturday when those all come out. And by the way, I know um, I know he left the game early, but uh, even before his injury, man, the Chiefs did a great job against Justin Jefferson. That was a big concern of mine. And I kept saying that this is going to be the toughest test for the cornerbacks. And look how they did. Justin Jefferson was held to three catches for 28 yards in two and a half quarters. Obviously, again, we got to consider that the fact that he left the game early due to an injury. But even before that, was Justin Jefferson doing anything to change the game? No, not at all. Um, Jordan Addison uh, was a bigger threat. But, but even then, Addison did not go off. He had six catches for 64 yards. TJ Hawkinson uh, was held to five catches for 51 yards. And by the way, Addison was targeted nine times, so three misses there. Hawkinson was targeted uh, eight times. Another three misses there. KJ Osborne had five catches, but was targeted nine times. So four times unable to connect in that one. Brandon Powell uh, did not, uh, could not uh, catch a pass on uh, two other targets. So uh, again, Jefferson, uh, three catches, six targets. So this was a damn good performance from the defense going out there, pressuring, and obviously the biggest one of the game, the, uh, the controversial one, if you will, uh, where Trent McDuffie went in there and got pressure on, um, on, uh, on, uh, Kirk Cousins. So that was good to see. Uh, I, I love seeing that right there. Uh, and Mahomes, obviously the better quarterback in this one, which was good to see. 
just a great game all around for this uh, for this Chiefs team. Again, offense c- kind of started slumpy in the uh, in the first half, but they picked it up, tied the game without Kelsey, uh, retook the lead without Kelsey, and when Kelsey came back, they extended uh, the lead with him. So. That was just great to see. And again, Kelsey, 10 catches, 67 yards. Kelsey hasn't had a 100-yard receiving game yet, so we're still waiting on that. Um, but uh, hopefully uh, that'll come in at, at some point because I would love for him to make it eight straight 1,000-yard seasons. Uh, he really deserves that, especially with all the great things that's happened to him uh, recently and even in the offseason with the Saturday Night Live, all the sponsorships he's gotten. Um, I mean, the past 365 days have been a wild one for him. Justin Watson only had two catches in this one, but for 56 yards. um, Man, his uh, yard per catch average is astronomically high. I'd love to see what it is compared to other players across the NFL, but it was 20-some yards uh, per catch coming into this week. It's going to be even higher now. This is not, And I said this about Justin Watson last year. He's a good depth player. And I know there was one game last year. I can't remember who it was against. Uh, but he had those two big wide-open drops. And so many people, like, that was installed in their heads all offseason. That's the only thing people could think of when they thought of Justin Watson. But when you look at this guy's overall body of work, This is someone that does a really good job coming in when his number is called. Doesn't get a lot of snaps, doesn't get a lot of targets, but when he is targeted, this guy comes through for a lot of big gains at times. So, uh, you know, I think Justin Watson's good at... um at doing that. Okay, so this is from Charles Goldman. Legereus Sneed confirmed that the officials told him to put his helmet back on after the fourth down play, and he did. Yeah, see, and again, it's not like he took off his helmet in, in such a such an uncalm manner and just rushed at the refs. He did it gently, calmly, you know, slowly approached the referees and they were like, dude, put your helmet back on. So I, I've seen that happen before. So uh, again, cry to a wall about it. I appreciate it, Joe. Uh, but uh, in reality, you guys are the man or woman. Uh, we have to find a way to pay Chris Jones. Yeah, I, listen, I, I'll be honest here. I, I've always had this mindset that, you know, protecting the franchise quarterback has to be priority number one. And I know Chris Jones is going to be in his 30s next year, but he's really making a case as to why he does deserve what he was asking. Uh, Listen, it's just so hard because you can't pay everybody. Of course, everyone wants Chris Jones to stay. Of course, everyone wants Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith to get their new deals. And I know uh, those two are going to be eligible for new deals starting in January. So, yes, assuming the Chiefs get to the playoffs, Uh, That will be uh, uh, the first time they can be eligible for a new deal, but they always wait for the offseason for those kinds of things. But um, it's always interesting to me, man, Uh, just the way Brett Veach has managed it. This might be the toughest one for him, though. So I've said this before. I think the best thing you can do is keep Chris Jones, give him like a three or four year deal, heavily front loaded that way. On Chris Jones's second year, you can pay Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith and make them one of the highest paid players at their uh, positions at center and at, uh, at right guard. Or I'm sorry, um, Trey Smith's are yeah, Trey Smith's the right guard. Trey Smith's the right guard. I, I always get the left guard and the right guard position mixed up there. Um, okay, let's see. Arizona and Chicago fields is probably the reason why they see that grass is not the way to go when in reality, just not taken care of. Tell that to the Raiders. If you saw their, um, their field for uh, week 18, it's like, 
They knew that was the last game of the season, so they just didn't give a damn. This is a good point, Ja'Cory. Yeah, Nick Bolton has not played for a couple of games now. Uh, he It looked like he was going to be a game-time decision. He was on the field warming up during pregame, so uh, he probably could have played. But um, ultimately, at the end of the day, you know, the defense is playing very well. And let's not forget, it's not just Nick Bolton when he comes back. Charles Aminahu is going to be coming back in a couple of weeks. Um, uh, we're five games in, so it's a six-game suspension for Aminahu. Once Thursday night football is over, man, he's back. And that is going to be huge. And by the way, Mike Dana filling in for him this season. I mean, Mike Dana has done such a great job. Mike Dana was in there on the final play of the game where he sacked Kirk Cousins, not even giving Cousins a chance to get the ball off for a Hail Mary. So uh, it, it's been so much fun. And, and by the way, we haven't talked about this guy yet. Felix Anodike Uzama, um, the Kansas City kid who the Chiefs drafted in the first round this year. Obviously, you know, getting drafted by his own hometown team in his hometown, which is always a cool story. Uh, he went in there at one point and knocked down Kirk Cousins, uh, forcing pressure on him. Kirk Cousins was dealing with defenders in his face all game long. And it was it's so great to see this defense playing as well as they are. Um, they allowed 21 points in week one. Since then, they have not allowed more than 20 points. Um, so, and obviously, you know, seven of those points came from the pick six. So you can't put that on the defense. This Chiefs defense has really played well this year. And it's fun to see. Yeah, they. so the Chiefs allowed 21 points in week one, nine in week two. And that was a great, great one because the Jaguars reached the end zone, or excuse me, the red zone seven times and failed all seven tries. Uh, only allowed 10 to Chicago. And by the way, that was when the Chiefs put in their backups. And allowed 20 to the Jets, 20 to the Vikings. Man, uh, just been a phenomenal season for the Chiefs, defensively speaking. And again, by far the best offense Patrick or uh, defense Patrick Mahomes has had. Um, if the offense can pick it up, man, it's going to be a this is going to be a scary team. They're on their way to repeating as AFC West champions. I, I mean, it would take a miracle at this point. Like, I'd love to know what the Vegas odds are. For the Chiefs to not win the AFC West for someone like it, it's it's impossible at this point. I'm so tired of dumb, ignorant fans, players alike. They're ruining the game. Uh, I mean, dumb people are everywhere, Lewis. Robert says, I'm so excited for what this season has in store for us. A lot of people are saying we suck compared to last year. This year, we are more well-rounded with a stout defense. Yeah, a lot, a lot of people don't want to acknowledge the fact that the Chiefs Defense is a strength of theirs. It's almost like they're using that as a weakness against Mahomes because he's getting bailed out in all these games. Um, yet the defense was penalized so many times today. Uh, by the way, you know, I, I, I know for all you people, especially those of you who live outside of Kansas City, who are going to deal with all the bitching and moaning about the referees save the Chiefs again. Uh, let me give you this tidbit. Four penalties, 51 yards for the Vikings. The Chiefs. 10 penalties for 86 yards. So the Chiefs were penalized more than double the amount the Vikings were in this game. So cry to a wall about the penalties. Yeah, and here's the thing. The Chiefs did not have a lot of uh, flexibility this offseason to get free agents. In fact, you saw they lost a lot of guys. Uh, some of them, obviously, they let walk, um, especially on the defensive side of the ball. But 
Drew Tranquil, um, he really has been good. And filling in for uh, for, for Nick Bolton these past couple of games, getting more playing time. You know who else? Leo Chenal went in there and got a sack. Uh, everyone talked about this guy's physicality that he brings to the table. And he went in there and got um, uh, got uh, Kirk Cousins to the ground, which was good to see. Trace says we've got to find a way to be without him. He's not getting any younger, and we also have to look at whose contracts are up. Yeah, I, I can I can get I can see that it's just so tough. Um, it's just so tough. I don't know. Yeah, a lot of people have been asking me me this, Nicholas. Um, I don't know. Um, it's just so tough right now to see uh, what the Chiefs are going to do with all of that. Uh, who's available and whatnot. Mike Evans seemed to be the popular guy, but doesn't seem like. Um, He's, he has any plans leaving there anytime soon. Could this be the game before the Ross break? I, I don't know. What a what a better time for Ross to break out against the Broncos Thursday night. That'd be cool to see. Mom's had a 110 rating and he didn't need bailing out. My daughter just asked me for a McDuffie jersey for Christmas. Oh, there, there you go. The McDuffie jerseys are... Uh, man, he's playing really, really well. Like, the things McDuffie is doing does not show up on the stat sheet. They, they just don't. Um, I, I wish websites like ESPN, NFL.com, I, I, it's the year 2023. Like when you have pro football focus, when they've been around for as long as they have, you have to be able to counter those guys. Um, and I think NFL.com and ESPN.com should have these kinds of stats that showcase how good defensive backs are outside of interceptions and pass deflections and pass breakups, but they don't. Um, the Chiefs are the Pats. Uh, well, not not this year's Pats team. Um, I'm giving you a hard time, Daniel. I know I know what you mean. Um, but yeah, you know, bring on the hate. Bring on the hate. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Robert says we need to figure out our offense before the Miami game. Yes, we definitely do. And listen, I'll say this too. If you watch that Buffalo bills, I, I guarantee you when the chiefs prepare for Miami, the game film, they need to study the most. And you don't have to be like a coaching expert to know this. Um, you have to watch that Bills-Dolphins game very closely because what did the Bills do in that football game to not let the Dolphins go off? Raheem Mostert was essentially shut down. Tyree Kill was hardly a factor in that game. They pressured Tua and didn't let him go off. If the Chiefs can do it in that game, if the Chiefs can do what the Bills did in that game in Germany, they've got a great chance of winning that one. So... I'm very curious to see how the Chiefs uh, how the Chiefs handle that. Obviously, that's ways away, but uh, that is, I think, the uh, number one key in beating the Dolphins when you play them later this year. Mm. I, I, I felt this way when the Chiefs had Alex Smith. Because you could tell in like so many games down by three, it's like the Chiefs were just looking to to tie, not to win. Um, I don't feel that's the case this year. I, I do think the offense needs to step up for sure. Ross has a Josh Gordon hype, but like him hasn't done much. Yeah. And, and I don't know, like, you know, part of it is he's not, he's not getting enough snaps though. I will say this game today was the first time he received more, uh, more receptions and more target, multiple targets, 
multiple receptions and multiple targets. So I think that is something to keep in mind when you think about Justin Ross. Um, I said in week one, because a lot of people said, where is Justin Ross? Why was he not playing more? I said, look, you got to gradually bring him back into things. Um, I, 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 let me let me use this example. Let's say you are uh, you're a frequent jogger. OK, you, you go jogging frequently at the park, on a treadmill, wherever. Let's say you don't exercise for a year. OK, when you get back on the treadmill for the very first time, are you going to go five or maybe six miles an hour for 30 minutes? No, it's physically not going to be good for your body because for 12 months you have not felt that kind of physical activity. So they're trying to ease Justin Ross back into things. Uh, that's why the preseason was so important for him to play uh, the way he did. I anticipate him to get more playing time though. And you're gradually seeing him get more and more playing time, more and more snaps. You saw that today. We definitely saw progress in his playing time. So We'll see. Uh, since we have been the donkeys 15 times in a row, why is the game on Thursday night football instead of like a 930 on a Tuesday? Because <laughs> everyone's at work on Tuesday. Um, I think Broncos fans would prefer the, the Tuesday morning game. That's not a game they want to see. And then, look, let me just say this. I actually thought the Broncos could, could make progress this year. Uh, they just can't figure it out. Seriously, I know this guy means so much to their franchise, but you have to part ways with John Elway. He's not getting the job done for you. He's not a good front office executive. The guy was just a special player for that franchise. That's it. You know, Brett Favre was a great player for the Packers. Is he uh, a guy that should be a, a holding a front office job? No. You know, not just because someone was a great player doesn't mean they can coach or they can be an executive at the highest level of the sport. Um, just not everyone was built that way. Very few people are capable of, of that stuff. Like, um, like John Lynch for the, uh, for the 49ers. Uh, you see very, very few people do what John Lynch is doing. Mind you, you have Dwayne Bill. Yeah, he kind of, let me, let me see uh, his height uh, real quickly. Justin Ross height. 6'4", yeah, I, I want to say Dwayne Bowe was 6'4", also. Because when he made that first catch today, so Dwayne Bowe's 6'2". For some reason, I thought Dwayne Bowe was also 6'4". Um, yeah, the, the way he made that first play, I do agree. It did kind of remind me of some of the plays Dwayne Bowe made uh, during his time in Kansas City. Listen, we would have won by 40 if Taylor Swift was in the building. Heard a girl say that at the bar. Oh, man. Yeah, Legereus Sneed, probably one of the more underrated uh, cornerbacks in the NFL for sure. I, I, did he get a Pro Bowl nod last year? I can't. I mean, not that. You guys know my thoughts on the Pro Bowl. Uh, let's see quickly here. Fourth round pick, man. He would, he definitely would have won defensive rookie of the year if he stayed healthy. Um, but he was on the all rookie team that year. Yeah. For some reason, I thought he had an all pro or a pro bowl last year, but no, neither of those. He's playing well though. He really is. And that's another guy you got to think about with, uh, with his contract coming up. 
you know, I know a lot of people are focusing on um, on Chris Jones, uh, uh, the two offensive linemen, Smith and Humphrey, but hopefully they figure it out. <laughs> if you'd like to see Kelsey play on both sides of the ball, I, have we seen Kelsey play on defense before? Like in that kind of situation on a potential Hail Mary? I want to say we've seen it once. I can't recall, though. Um, hopefully, uh, in a situation where they actually throw the ball, he doesn't pull a gronk. If you guys remember that game against the... Um, against the... Uh, against the uh, Dolphins a few years ago. Okay, I'm laughing because this is by far the best comment of the day. No penalties for Juwan Taylor! <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. You know, what's funny is I noticed him get away with a very clear false start at one point. So for all the shit that, you know, the NFL's given him, he's, uh, he's allowed to get away with one there. So good on him. Uh, Justin Watson's only highlights are when it's very important situations. The man is Mr. Savior. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I can see that. I mean, he really pulls through with those big catches. Like you don't see the chiefs, throw short passes to him often. It's always down the field and his yard per catch average is always very high. Tynan, I hope I said your name right. Commentators cause a lot of this penalty controversy. The way they harp on stuff uh, that don't matter, it's almost like they want it, want it for attention. Even negative attention is views and like, listen, I, do you guys, uh, for those of you who are UFC fans, I don't know if you guys remember um, uh, Brock Lesnar, UFC 100. Um, yeah. Remember Brock Lesnar at UFC 100 when he goes, I need a Bud Light. And the UFC was like, not happy about it because they had a different beer uh, as their sponsor. But at the behind closed doors, you know, for a fact, the UFC was loving it because everybody was talking about Brock Lesnar and his whole I want a Bud Light thing. So this is kind of like that where, yeah, you know, if people are talking about the NFL and how it's rigged and the NFL kind of likes that. Um, I've always agreed officiating is not very good. It's very inconsistent. I've said that so many times, and I even criticized Roger Goodell for some of his answers in that Super Bowl press conference last year. But you guys all laughed at me saying, oh, Farzine, you're just complaining. Well, the same people who are saying that are the ones who are saying that the games are rigged. By the way, what did I say after Sunday Night Football? The people who bitch and moan about the referees uh, saving the Chiefs and how the NFL is rigged in Kansas City's favor because the NFL is going to rig it for the 34th biggest market in the uh, in the country, right? Um, I said all these people are going to watch football on Sunday. Guess what? Those people are still watching football on Sundays. Yes, 100%. Yeah, a couple people giving Mike Dana their flowers. I love to see it. Love to see it. What will be the narrative on Rice? I assume you mean Rasheed Rice. If he has eight touchdowns this year, but under 1,000 yards, he's excellent in the red zone, but haven't seen much more. 
Um, that's an interesting question. I, I don't know if that's anything I've really given it thought to. I mean, I, I guess it just depends how many yards he gets. Like if you get 950, 900, or even 850, um, I think that's pretty good for a rookie considering there are so many new faces on this offense um, from the offensive line uh, to the wide receivers. I mean, there are a lot of new players uh, all around. Uh, and keep in mind in practice, when you have these reps with the backups, you have Blaine Gabbert, who not as good as Chad Henney. And I think that can maybe play a role as well. Um, they try to rotate everyone. So that way, you know, a player like Rasheed Rice can get some reps with Patrick Mahomes as well as Blaine Gabbert, but uh, doesn't get as many. Justin Ross is obviously low on the depth chart, but he doesn't get to have as many reps in practice with Mahomes because that's a, a backup who gets more reps with other backup quarterbacks, whether it's uh, Gabbert or uh, Oladokun. Chase Claypool or Devontae Adams would be nice. Didn't Chase Claypool just get traded to the Dolphins? Um, and there's no way in hell the Raiders are giving Devontae Adams to a division rival. Oh, I think it's going to be huge. It will be a huge game. Uh, might be the, I mean, you, you consider like the Buffalo Bills um, and the, like, I would, I would have said before the season, the Bengals and the Eagles, those were probably the two biggest games on your schedule because you have a Super Bowl rematch and an AFC championship rematch. The Bengals game does not look as good. Uh, they beat up on another one in three team. Like, congratulations. Uh, Bengals fans are celebrating like this is their Super Bowl. Of course, it's the most Cincinnati thing ever for a one in three team to beat up on another one in three team and act like they won the Super Bowl. Congratulations. I, I get the backup quarterback too. Uh, listen, a win's a win, but Jesus Christ, calm down. Um, yeah, I mean, the Bills, eh, they've been inconsistent this year. Uh, your biggest games this year are probably the Eagles and the Dolphins. <laughs> I bet the NFL is regretting putting Chiefs Patriots on Monday Night Football. Oh, boy. Um, that is going to be a boring game. Like, even as a fan, like, obviously, I, I would love a, a dominant win. Don't get me wrong, but as a fan of football, you want to see entertaining primetime games, right? Who do we lose next year? Gay, Tooney, Sneed, or Reed? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, hopefully, no one. Um, I can see Willie Gay being the, um, being the guy that they don't want to let go but have to. Let him walk. I, I, can, I can maybe see that. I don't know about Joe Tooney, though. I don't know about that. All right, I'm going to read a few more comments. Hey, this has been an awesome post-game live stream, so thank you, guys. Do you think Chris Jones will break the highest recorded sack number this year? Boy, I mean, I know they're playing 17 games now, but for him to still miss that first game and play as well as he has, he's definitely going to get those incentives. Is he going to get the single-season sack record? I think that's what you're asking, Robert. I don't know. I don't know about that. That is always, what is the record? 22 and a half or 23? Uh, single season NFL sack record. I want to say it's 22 and a half. Okay, 22 and a half. Michael Strahan of the Giants, TJ Watt of the Steelers. Uh, Jared Allen got it at some point and uh, somebody else did as well. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. That's that's always a, a hard one, um, especially for an interior defensive lineman. 
Elway's plagued the Broncos for years. Snagging Peyton Manning was a fluke. Um, and the crazy thing is Peyton Manning was awful his final year. Yeah, see, you want to talk about a defense bailing out a quarterback? That's what happened the year the Broncos won the Super Bowl. Why else did Von Miller win the MVP, the Super Bowl MVP that year? Oh, I 100% agree. I mean, I'm just not all in on the Cowboys. Yeah, we do, Tracy, but there's some speculation out there that he might be um, he might be a, a surprise cut at some point. Uh, yeah, we talked about that, Blake. Yeah, that was huge. He 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 really came through on that one. All your picks were right except for Cincinnati. Yeah, I mean, I, I, th- hopefully you didn't bet on those games. I, I don't know if you did like a parlay or anything, James, but man, the Bengals are not a team you put money on in their games because you just don't know, especially when they're playing another bad team. Yeah, that's that's the thing, Robert. I, I don't disagree, but I think you can shift things around if you front load that deal. Okay, maybe you lose Snead and Gay, but you can still keep uh, Humphrey and Trey Smith on their rookie deals. And just if there's a way you can verbally promise them a, a very promising deal by the time uh, after their rookie contract is over, that would be a, a, a way to go about it. I don't know. I can't stop laughing at the donkeys and their overrated QB coach combo. I, I won't forget where I was. I, I, I don't remember exactly where I was going or wh- wh- where I was going uh, from and to, but I remember hearing about the Russell Wilson trade last year and listening to Sirius XM NFL radio. And just, I, I think I was on my way to work. Um, and I just remember hearing Rich Gannon say, Oh man, they're they're AFC contenders now. Not even close. What are your th- uh, Cowboys 49ers prediction tonight? I'm expecting the 49ers. Cowboys confuse me. Yeah, I agree. Cowboys do confuse me too. Yeah, I apologize for not speaking. I'm just kind of, I'm just going through comments here. And, you know, we, we, I, I love you guys. I appreciate you guys. But sometimes I'm just skipping over comments because we've already re- repeated some comments throughout the day. So uh, you definitely don't want to um, repeat any comments that we've already seen. Um, oh, you're just talking about his personal best, Robert. Okay. Yeah, I, I could actually see that. Um, 15 and a half is his personal best. He had 15 and a half last year and he had 15 and a half in 2018. And I think that was the year where he played as a defensive end his last year as a three, four defensive end. Um, and D Ford was an outside linebacker. I want to say that's, that's right. Yeah. All right, appreciate it, Bob. Thanks, man. Yeah, appreciate all of you guys joining in for this one. Um, it's been a really good live chat today. Okay, see, Michael Je- uh, M- Michael has a very interesting comment. What about Justin Jefferson to the Chiefs? Um, I mean, I don't know what the what the Vikings have. Let me see something. Justin Jefferson, spot track. Uh, boy, I mean, the demand for that one 
because this guy is on his rookie deal. Like Justin Jefferson's play, he was leading the NFL in receiving yards coming into this week. And Kirk Cousins, uh, I mean, one of the best passers in the NFL coming into this week, I think leading the NFL, uh, or not leading, number three in uh, passing yards. He was leading the NFL in one category. I want to say it was first downs or something, but... <sighs> I mean, listen, whatever the price is, give it up because the Chiefs desperately need a wide receiver. But if you're going to give up, let's say, two first-round picks, and again, we've already had a discussion today about the salary cap. Can you keep them long-term? Because this is not like baseball, okay? You don't give up two first-round draft picks just to win a Super Bowl with someone and then for him to walk, now, you would get your third trophy in, what, five years? So I don't think a lot of... It would not be the worst thing in the world, like first world problems, right? Um, but you, you just don't do that in football. You don't give up potentially two first-round picks um, or, you know, a, a lot of picks, maybe similar to like a Tyreek Hill uh, type of trade just for a rental. Because um, my concern is, what do you do trying to keep them long-term? That's what I want to know. What do you do at that point? All right, guys, I'm going to sign off here. We've had a lot, uh, a lot, a lot of things we covered here. Crazy game, probably the most dramatic game of the season. I know some of you guys might say last week, but man, this one with the Kelsey injury probably added to that. But hey, the Chiefs win again. It's four in a row. The Chiefs are now four and one, still with the number one seed in the AFC. So life is good for the Chiefs. I love it. All right. I'm going to get out of here, guys. Appreciate you guys joining me for this episode of the Chief Zone for our post-game podcast. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the podcast. Just search my name or search the Chief Zone on Apple, Spotify, wherever it is you guys download your podcasts. And also make sure you guys follow the YouTube page. Subscribe to the YouTube channel youtube.com slash at the chief zone a lot of content going on there very soon so please make sure you guys uh, are are, uh, are on the youtube channel all right my name is farzim vasugian thank you again for joining me for this episode of the chief zone i'm out enjoy the rest of your sunday